You're listening to The Alligator Podcast, a podcast where the independent Florida alligator, the largest student newspaper in the country, discusses our latest stories on the University of Florida, Gainesville, and beyond. Subscribe and tune in weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud to hear our latest episodes on news, sports, and much more. Also be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Alligator, as well as find all of our latest stories at alligator.org. Welcome to the Alligator Podcast. I am your host, Graham Marsh. You can find me on Twitter at Graham Marsh UF. Today is the sports section of the podcast, and we have on the most special of guests today. That is editor-in-chief to all of you peasants out there. We have Kyle Wood on today. Kyle, how are you doing, bro? Good, Graham. Thank you. Thank you for the humbling intro. Of course, man. Um, so, But in all seriousness, uh, go ahead and tell us... Um, what you have been doing this summer, because that's a big deal too, and uh, what you plan on doing in the fall. Yeah, yeah. So I just uh, wrapped up my internship at the uh, Tampa Bay Times. I was a sports intern there for 10 weeks, uh, did some uh, on-site raise coverage, which which was really cool just because, you know, pretty much no one's been able to watch sports live uh, So uh, this summer. So I get to say that um, I was one of the few who was able to go to a couple of uh, raise games uh, in person, covered the Tampa Bay Rowdies, got into soccer a little bit, which was uh, a new one for me, but I, I really enjoyed that. Um, helped out on some uh, Bucks coverage as well. Um, so, you know, that was, that was a really great experience um, this summer. And yeah, I'm going to be the editor-in-chief for the uh, fall semester. Um, I have my managing editors um, in place and we're working on rounding out staff. And, uh, you know, the summer staff, uh, yourself included, did a great job. So I'm just looking uh, to, you know, continue that. And we have a couple new positions, uh, reporting positions for the um for the fall semester, you know, East Gainesville reporter, uh, business reporter, education reporter, um, some stuff that I'm really excited to add to, you know, the great reporting that we've, we've already done at the Alligator uh, for years and years. So um, all that aside, all of the um, non-sports stuff aside, we do have you on the sports pod for one reason and one reason only, and that is to discuss the sports. Um, so as uh, – as regular listeners know, we have been doing our Remember series where we highlight um, old Florida games, Florida moments. Um, it can be from any sport, any time. really doesn't matter. Um, but uh, we have different people on to discuss um, usually games they've covered for the most part. Um, but why that game in particular stuck out to them and, and a bunch of different things that may have happened in that game and stuff that it meant for the future and all sorts of reasons for all sorts of games that all sorts of people have decided to talk about. Um, 
you have a pretty interesting game that you want to talk about. So I'll let you uh, tell everybody what that is and then also go ahead and tell everybody why you chose this game specifically. Yeah, so uh, I, I picked the Florida-Kentucky game uh, from this past fall, uh, football to be clear. Uh, that I, I, I covered that with the uh, Alligator football crew um, with uh, Tyler, uh, Sam, and Dylan. Um, we that was the first true road game of the season, um, and it was after you know that sort of weird Miami game in Orlando that we we had gotten to cover, and then uh, they blow out UT Martin. So it, it was really hard to sort of get a gauge on this team. And then Kentucky had obviously been really good the season before, and, and you know ended Florida's um, uh, you know real <laughs> winning streak over them. And then you know you go up and, and play like a, a pretty good Kentucky team. So we're really this this is when we're going to get to know. What, what Florida is. And I, and I feel like the first three, four, five weeks, really up until the Auburn game, we were like, you know, what kind of team is this? And, and Florida was, was top 10, you know, what weren't really sure if they were deserving of that ranking yet. And then Felipe goes down in the third quarter. And I just think this is a game that really set the tone for what Florida became uh, this past season, which was an 11 win team. And it, uh, just a really important game for this season, because I think this is, Obviously, um, what comes to mind is Kyle Trask's emergence in, in that incredible fourth quarter comeback. But also you see some Kyrie Elam in this game who really came on uh, in the sort of second half of the season. And this game was the emergence of, of Kyle Pitts, on, in, uh, in my opinion. So I, I think that, you know, he became really the most like reliable receiver on the, on the team. Even though he was a tight end, he was, you know, um, Trask, one of Trask's favorite targets. And, and he just really... Trask was able to go to him, you know, in in the fourth, really when he needed, um, when he needed him. So, um, Kyle, let's let's talk about, you know, obviously as you just mentioned, there's so many avenues uh, to go with in this game to talk about, um, you know, Kyle Trask. I think to to most Gator reporters, most Gator fans, most anyone that follows Gator football in any capacity, the Kyle Trask. The Felipe Frank's injury and then Kyle Trask coming in would be obviously the biggest takeaway. But as you said, there's a Kyle Pitts takeaway. There's um, there is a Kyrie Elam takeaway. There's there's all sorts of takeaways from this game. So let's go ahead and just start with um, early in the game. Uh, Florida scored first. So the first quarter ended with Florida up seven to zero, and then the second quarter was not Florida's quarter. Um, it was really rough. Kentucky had scored fourteen unanswered points in the second quarter, um, and then Kentucky also scored another touchdown in the third quarter, and Florida only got a field goal. So if Florida, it, it looked pretty bad for Florida. I'm trying. I'm looking at the win probability. It it got to Kentucky ninety two point nine percent at one point in the third quarter. So yeah, it, uh, it, it really Florida never really looked great in that game until the fourth. And, and I, I had never, you know, bought in too much to sort of, you know, I guess the backup quarterback hype that had uh, surrounded, you know, a lot of people that covered the team just because I had never really gotten to cover practice where I saw um, Trask or Emery or, or any of those guys really throw and, and sort of have, you know, a strong opinion on them one way or another. Um, I had just seen, Felipe do what he did the the previous year and um he had he had been you know the Miami game obviously was very shaky but I, I believe the UT Martin game was when he either tied or set the um, completion record so he was coming off a good game and then you know un- unfortunately goes down but that's really what 
allowed Trask to, to step up in, in the big way that he did. So I think the the obvious thing to point out, but it's worth pointing out, is um, and, and really even the biggest Felipe champions back then would admit this. Um, if, if Felipe doesn't get hurt, Florida loses this game. And to yeah. when you're watching the game following it, that was obvious. But maybe, you know, as time goes on, that game was a while ago now. Uh, maybe people might forget that or I don't know if there's any reason to be critical of Kyle Trask. You might forget talking about that or something. Um, but but yeah, if Felipe doesn't get hurt, there's no way Florida wins. Because yeah, and that changes the the this entire season because that's you know that's a it's a bad it's an early SEC loss. You know they slide in the rankings early on. They don't you know win eleven games obviously. And I I don't know if the ceiling is as high with with Felipe um, at, at quarterback. I, I think that a lot of people would um would would agree with that. It was the the ten win season was was you know great for Florida the year before but um I, I think that you know this season with with Trask behind uh center for the, for the for the most part was was a much more dominant season I mean I mean the Auburn win was was really uh, you know notable and and then of co- of course the Orange Bowl I I think another important like sort of takeaway from this game they they end up with 138 yards rushing 76 of those are on Florida's last play of the game on the Hammond run and right. I think that. This is also a game that allowed um, Mullen to to sort of just like lean all the way in to the um, to the passing game because he saw Trask come in. He he really had to sling it because uh, Florida came into that quarter down. It was yeah, it was twenty one ten, so they were down eleven, and um, they they had no choice but to throw it. And the running game just wasn't working at all. Piran has fourteen carries for twenty seven yards in this game. Felipe is eight for twenty three. Damian Pierce is two for eight. It's they, Florida would have had. I, I just did the math. We would have had sixty-two rushing yards on twenty-six carries if it weren't for that hand run. Which, looking back, he should have. He should have slid. Which you know, it's very hard. You know, to sort of like just remember that and adrenaline was rushing. And and when I saw that, I was thinking the game was over. But then uh, Florida still up, only up eight, so Kentucky really had a slim slim chance at the end. But the um, fail, really large failure of the rushing attack in this game, I think, was also another one of those turning points um, in the season where, where Florida, at times, you know, abandoned the rushing attack just because it wasn't what it had been in years past. And P. Ryan got much more involved in the passing game, which I think was huge for this team as well. And and Trask really just trusted, trusted P. Ryan in the backfield, really learned to trust uh, Pitts and also Jefferson stepped up in this game. He had a uh, seven for 93. Uh, some of that was obviously when Felipe was still in, but um, I Trask really just went to the veteran in, in Jefferson and, you know, his big, big, big target in uh, Pitts. Yeah. I mean, what, what you said about LaMichael P. Ryan getting involved in the passing game. I mean, he got drafted off of getting involved in the passing game. Yeah, I mean that was like that was the main attraction for him. That that's the reason that he wasn't an undrafted free agent or like a seventh round pick. That's the reason that going into the draft, everyone was pretty positive he'd get drafted because he did not have a good year rushing the ball. And how much of that is his fault is up for debate. Um, but the fact that he made do and figured out a way to get involved in the passing game was was what made him so attracted attractive to NFL scouts. And this game wasn't an yeah. exception. Um, I want to talk about when Trask first comes in. 
because the whole team, the fan, the obviously it's Kentucky fans, but still the fans, people watching the game, even the broadcast booth, you could tell everybody is on this kind of emotional roller coaster of just seeing a guy snap his leg. Um, yeah. And I don't care who you are. I don't care what player it is. Obviously, being a starting quarterback, it's a big deal. I don't care if it – it can be the backup gunner, bro. If if somebody has an injury like that, like, it affects people. Like, no. it's, it's, it's tough to watch. And with Felipe's, luckily there – not that I – at least not that I remember, there was no, like, picture that came out of it or because yeah. yeah, it, it was really in a pile so it was hard to sort of see what happened and i remember seeing that place so, so we're up in the press box i it, it was interesting because the kentucky press box was one of the few that was totally um like shut off so uh, or, or closed um so so we couldn't really hear the crowd was very muted um so only when they were really loud or like like there was big like a big range in the in the volume in the stadium, could we really like make things out? And obviously, it was yeah. dead, dead when when Felipe goes down like that, and people kind of realize it was like, it, it was sort of like a resigned feeling. Even in the press box, it was like, well, that's kind of it for Florida. You know, they they came in this this uh, they're they're going to lose two straight to Kentucky. They're going to fall out of the you know the top ten. They lose their starting quarterback. Like that's kind of it. Then they go on to win eleven games. Yeah. But the it it, it was it was. I, I, I totally know what you mean. And it really just like sort of sucked the life out of the, the stadium. And, and I mean, Kentucky fans included, cause like you said, no one wants to see an injury like that. They didn't want to win like that. Um, j- you know, just because, you know, a uh, starting quarterback goes down, but it, it's, it, it's crazy. The, the story that it paved and I, I'm, I'm, you know, glad Felipe, you know, of course recovered and, and it's now, um, uh, starting somewhere else in the sec whether <laughs> whether or not we'll have a season is a yeah. whole other problem. but um you know it, it really worked out best for 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 trask and, and I'm, I'm glad that um felipe is is continuing his career um elsewhere so the the interesting thing about when when trask comes in um i remember at the time i compared it to you know how like when you're like doing homework or something like I don't know if I don't know if you do this, but a lot of people do this. I do it sometimes. Kind of depends. But like when you're doing homework or something, and like your roommates are making a lot of noise in the background or something, so you just put on like like classical like piano or something just for like some like relaxing noise. Yeah. So Trask comes in and like every ga- again every Gator fan, every Gator reporter, everybody that pays attention to Gator football at this moment their head is going a million miles an hour like oh my god the season's gone like that was insane like i feel so bad for for felipe trask was the classical music that came in he he was the classical music that came in calms everybody down and but one thing that that trask came in and did in this game that he showed and he was consistent with this throughout the rest of the season was he found he finds open targets considerably quicker than Felipe ever did. And that was a big deal in this game because Kentucky was leaving holes that Felipe was not seeing in time. Yeah. And by the time Felipe would see them, they'd be gone. So Felipe would end up scrambling around and Kentucky had a pretty fast and athletic defense. So that was one of the reasons that I think Felipe struggled a lot in this game before he got hurt was because he had kind of gotten used to in the back half of 2018 
and early in 2019, he had sort of gotten used to being able to take off and scramble and get five, 10 yards every time. And Kentucky was one of the first teams where he wasn't able to do that because obviously when they played Michigan, um, you know, that's obviously one of the best defenses that he ever faced as a starting quarterback. But I mean, all their best guys weren't playing. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida yeah. state wasn't any good. Um, you know, Miami was decent, but they were a decent team defensively. Um, but like with this game, he was just struggling because I noticed every time he scrambled, he he couldn't get the space that he thought he'd be able to. Yeah. Um, and that was a big was factor that, that killed him. At times. And, and, and tra- he was forcing that scrambling at times and, yes. and Trask really felt comfortable in the pocket. And, and you're right, he just hit the medium throws. Trask wasn't like a gunslinger the way the way Felipe was going to throw the ball 60 yards downfield in some of those great plays, but it was it was led to greater variance. But Trask really just hit those, you know, 15, 20 yard throws to yes. guys like guys like Swain, guys like Pitts, Jeff uh Jefferson. Pitts, and yes. Yeah, he he just moved the ball down the field. It was it was, you know, uh like six play drive, um <laughs> ten yards, twelve yards, fifteen, you know, a, a run here and there. And then yep. like they scored on that first one on that flip to Pirine. That's when I thought Florida had a chance to win this game. I was, I was, that was one of the most I think that may have been the, the best play of the season. Cause I, I just, I, the, the speed cost, option. Yeah. To just like make that like he, and he, in the middle of getting tackled, that was just an incredible play. And and that's when I, and then like you said, the, the poise to just do that. And I mean, I, I imagine as a backup quarterback, you're always sort of, you know, ready, but there's, I think there's a difference between being like ready to go on the field in, in, in a game. You guys are, you know, losing it and, and, Dan Mullen asked you to go out there and, and, and score two touchdowns. You score three yeah, <laughs> and, no, and they ended sure. up winning almost comfortably for, for if you just look at the score and had, had no idea what, what went on in this game, eight points, you know, it looks like, um, you know, a decent uh, margin of victory, but <laughs> it's much closer than it. Yeah. Than it I appeared. mean, Florida, Florida won the fourth quarter, 19 to zero. Like but, up to that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you kind of just just hinted on what I wanted to to go to next with with Trask coming in and being prepared. You know, every backup quarterback ever says that. Mm-hmm. Every backup quarterback in the history of the world has said, "Yeah, you know, I prepare like a starter." You know, mental reps. Like and and you know, the the media and when fans see it, they're kind of like, "Okay, dude, like whatever." But <laughs> But with Trask, he comes in and you you really saw that, like because mm-hmm. he literally it, it was almost like the way like the way he walked, like his demeanor, like his decision making, like everything about it. If you hadn't just watched Felipe get hurt, like it, it wouldn't have occurred to you that this guy wasn't the starter. Yeah, no, like, no, you're totally right. And 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 about the sort of the backup quarter, but quarterback play i mean emory jones proved that later on in the season and, and i know we're just talking about the kentucky game but if, if i'm not mistaken you, you you probably remember too up until this game um the backup was always an or it was it was, was trap or jones so we really didn't even know who the backup quarterback is so it's not like when Felipe went down it was kind of like okay so you're just gonna be called trask we, we eventually found out of it. it was trask but you know mullen could went 
um, a couple ways there. He could have just went with Jones. He could have went, um, you know, switched, uh, switched them on drives. He, he could have incorporated some, some Emory. And I remember we, we were asking him in the weeks after, you know, why didn't he use him there? And he said there were packages for him and it just wasn't really a design for that because he didn't really feel like running the ball <laughs> at that point that, you know, trailing 11 in the fourth quarter, um, he needed trash to throw it. And I can't and imagine why he wouldn't want to run the ball. <laughs> they were running the ball so great up to that point. Um, so, so, so yeah, it's like, it was just like, I don't know what it was, but it was something about, cause, cause, cause I'll tell you, like when, when you were talking, when, when we first started this pod about when Felipe gets hurt and, and everyone was kind of thinking like, well, there it is. Florida's going to lose to Kentucky again. Um, you know, and, and this time, like, that's probably the season, like, for them to avenge this and put a good taste in their mouths for this season is going to be really tough mm-hmm. to do. Um, that was that was my thinking as well. But honestly, Trask comes in and right, right, the the same drive as the speed option pitch to Pirine with that touchdown, but just earlier than that, just a couple throws in, I started to feel good about what Trask could do. Mm-hmm. Because totally. Because because of two reasons. First, because of kind of what we've talked about, how he really came in and was throwing it with so much confidence and knew what to do, and like you couldn't tell the difference. Like you couldn't tell that he was a backup and not a starter. And oh. secondly, like you were talking about with the intermediate throws, you were seeing throws that you hadn't seen all game. Yeah, you were seeing yeah. Dan Mullen call plays that he hadn't called all game. A lot of them were just easy throws, and Trask, to his credit, executed them. But he had he had the receivers. Mullen was calling those plays, and he was hitting the open man, and, and guys were getting open. And you see, like, I mean, this goes hand in hand with the with the intermediate throws thing. But Trask is better at taking what he's given than Felipe ever was because. Felipe tries to he he almost works too hard for everything. Does that make yeah. sense? Like because no, no, no. even even good plays for Felipe feel like he had to really earn it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you, a you throw could, or run yeah, or anything. Play that, he got, that he got hurt on, there were a lot of those, you know, third and two, fourth and two plays where Instead of, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, like, especially someone who, who has some a little bit of speed, even for how big he is, like, like Felipe tried to beat you on the edge, he would always take it up the middle and, and he would get destroyed on some of those plays. And it was sort of a wonder he hadn't gotten hurt on one before. And, and he really just caught, got caught in the wrong way on, on that tackle. Yeah. Um, so, so, okay, let, let's, let's um, discuss non Felipe Trask moments in this game. Um, you, you discussed Kyle Pitts and I, I completely agree with you that this was Kyle Pitts coming out party. And I think that it also showed you that the, the tweet that you always used to tweet Kyle to Kyle was going to be a big thing. It was a career high game for, for Pitts, you know, four for 63. And you know, that's not. The best game in the world. It wasn't the best game of his season, but that really started like like that's when then when Trask knew he could trust Pitts and and he had a easy out uh, a huge how to a six six two hundred forty pound target 
you know, it was, it was a matchup nightmare. Right. And uh, he had three catches against Miami. He actually had a decent game against Miami. And then UT Martin, he had two grabs for three yards. So nothing really there. And then he goes four catches for 63 against Kentucky, four for 62 against Tennessee and a score four for 28, two touchdowns against Towson. And he, he really just like a lot. And then he had, he has a hundred yard game against LSU and, you know, Florida's like toughest game of the season. And he really just shined in that game as well. Um, uh, honorable mention, just want to talk for, for Kentucky for a little bit. So we're not all uh, Gators here. Lynn Bowden went on to be an all American and ended up lining up a quarterback for them. And, and I think he had the second most rushing hours by a quarterback in SEC history in a season at cam. I, I, I want, I want to say that's, that's right. And I just remember seeing him and, and being amazed. I mean, he had seven for 70 in this game uh, receiving, you know, it, not, not a bad game by any means. And I, and I, I was amazed. And then a couple weeks later, I think I was, we were in the car on the way back from a road trip. And I saw, I hadn't been keeping up with Kentucky very much after the Florida game. And I saw like Lynn Bowden had, you know, 16 carries, like 129 yards, something like that. And he was like two of three for eight yards. And I, I was like, why did he throw three? I, I, you know, maybe like one, like sort of like end round and he, and he slings it sort of like OBJ and I <laughs> and nope. He was a, he was the quarterback for the rest of the season, and <laughs> a good, a good, a still a good team. And he you know got drafted off that. Like he he really stepped in, and that was that was one of the most amazing things to me just about this season. Sort of zoomed out from from this game, and that was that was sort of my introduction to to Baden in, in this game. You mean this game didn't tell you that Sawyer Smith was the truth? <laughs> no, not by any means. The the three interceptions didn't uh, did, didn't tell me that. And 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 the the interception at the end to Elon, um, we could se- segue a bit into that. I mean, I think he became a really integral part of uh, the team secondary. Uh, he he had a pick in the game before against UT Martin, but like I think this and, and again this this was also like a throwaway, but um, ball at the end. But I I, re- I really think he came on in this game as well. I mean I mean just big. Um, you know, components of this game on, on offense and defense really like came alive in this game when, when they needed to. And something about Kyrie Elam, cause, um, something that he, he's, he's obviously good at and he, he showed in this game that he's really good at. Um, he might even have been the best DB on the team last year at doing this. He is excellent at, when he's in position and a ball's in the air, getting better positioning than the receiver and going up and high pointing the ball and coming down with it. Oh, and, totally. And that it it's one of those things that doesn't look that hard, but like it's really difficult to do. And Kyrie Elam's size obviously helps. He's he's a taller corner. Um but you know, I mean Marco Wilson clearly struggles with that. He struggled with that in this game. Um, yeah. And and again, a lot of that does have to do with size, but a lot of it also has to do with just kind of having that knack for where to be in relation to the ball and when to time your jump. And Elam is so good at that. And he obviously showed also in this game that he can just mirror and stay with receivers. And it was kind of a, because uh, CJ Henderson didn't play in this game. If I remember mm-hmm. correctly, right? Didn't he get hurt against UT Martin? Yep. Yeah. He, uh, he had an ankle, right? 
they had uh, CJ and um, they didn't have Tony in this game. So, uh, you know, that, that was just another weapon uh, that they that they were missing. And it, it was, it was interesting that, that Hammond ended up being the one to provide the sort of uh, spark in the running game on the end around. And, and it, <laughs> that was also their Hammond was like, I think the team's like second or third leading rusher for the first five weeks of the season, having one carry for 76 yards. Yeah. It's, <laughs> It's funny too that that Josh Hammond got that end around because P Ryan or no, not P Ryan uh, Tony probably would have gotten that end around had he been playing. Oh yeah. And it's funny because Josh Hammond, you know, takes the handoff, finds the hole, and goes. Dude, Tony would have been juking four hundred people at the line of scrimmage and cutting back the other way. And <laughs> but honestly. Even if he didn't get the first down, the play probably could have worked because Tony would have juked people until the clock ran out. <laughs> it's, so. it, it's really funny that that Hammond, like I never would have expected him to be the guy to take an under around 76 yards. They just needed the six or seven for the first. <laughs> and I mean, it was it was an incredible play. Uh, the one last thing I do want to talk about is is the field goal at the end. Oh, I'm so thought, glad you brought up the field goal. I thought it went in. I, I don't know what you're, you're sort of, you probably had a better, like, like the TV angle from behind a kicker. You could easily tell. I mean, I mean, it, and it was so close, but from where I was on the, on the like sort of sideline in the press box, I had no idea. Like I thought it went in and, and I think a lot of fans thought it went in. So I, like, I heard that sort of cheering like through the glass in the, in, in the, in the press box. And I, I was like, well, you know, they, they still just came up short from, from my TV angle. It definitely didn't go in. But even if I thought it did, um, Kentucky owes Florida a a good field goal that's not counted as good <laughs> from the year before. If anybody remembers that, um, yeah, I but know it, you're talking. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I yeah, I never really because obviously your the TV angle is perfect. I mean, it's the best angle you can have to see if a kick is good or not because you're literally right behind the goalpost and you can see where the ball ends up going. Um, no, from TV, it, it didn't look good. I don't think. If from the jump, I kind of knew it wasn't going to go in. Um, I also kicked in high school, so like I kind of have, I guess, like a knack for knowing like pretty early, like once the ball leaves a kicker's foot, if it's going to go in or not. Um, and it no, it didn't look good to me. Um, we want to talk about some like all, uh, all I guess all first team all name. Guys, uh, for for Kentucky, because oh chance uh, for your kicker that was just you know not not great. <laughs> you tell not- me you really need a kick from a guy named Chance Poor. It was yeah, I thought that was and and I actually I, I just looked up um I, I I tweeted right right before I mean maybe, maybe I, I had jinxed him I, I said he was two for three in the season off from forty to forty nine and he hadn't missed an extra point. Hit all he had all three extra points up to that, up to that point, and then he you know he misses that one. I mean he doesn't shank it. It's it's right there. It, it was it was about as close as. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't you know scrape the the post. And um, also also on the on the name department, Cavassier Smoke, Kentucky's running back. <laughs> that, was, that was a hell of a name as well. Bro, if you're running back and your last name is Smoke, you better run a four two. And, and I mean, he and he had a great game too. He was killing Florida. So yeah, he averaged five point one yards a carry. Yeah, this Kentucky team was 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 not not a pushover. I mean, they had they had NFL talent on it. I mean, especially 
you know, led by, led by Bowden. But the, um, I, another thing I wanted to bring up was on the kick, we asked Pitts in the locker room after the game. Pitts the whole season was, you know, he's, he's a pretty quiet guy. He, yeah. You know, he like went about, went about his, his work, but, but we asked him, you know, what he saw on the, on the last kick because we, we all thought it went in and, and he said he wasn't even looking. He said, he, he said, I was just praying to God that he missed it and God answered my prayer. And I, I just can't like, I, I feel like that's like a movie thing that you just look away. <laughs> I, I could never be on the sideline and not be looking, but you know, I, I guess uh, Kyle Pitt's uh, prayer was answered. And I, I, that was one of my, like, that, that was just one of my like favorite quotes from, from him this season. Cause you know, came true. And, and just seeing like, I, I have, th- have this like sort of, memory in uh of the, of the locker room after when uh well we were in a locker room just in the press room after and just sort of seeing trask and just sort of like assume this role of like leader so quickly and he yeah. and he looked he looked comfortable he looked I, I i i'm hesitant to say like out of place because you know he clearly showed that he belonged but just like i that's not who i was expecting to speak to after the game you know right like after, after after one, I thought, you know, you, you expect Felipe to come in and he just came in, you know, he answered his questions. He, he was always, you know, very, very businesslike, very professional. And, and he just, um, I, I don't know that like, like I, I just have this sort of like image burning in my mind of, of him, like, like sitting there after the game and just, you know, answering questions. And, and we just didn't know, you know, what was next. Like, like, and, and, and that's when, you know, Mullen told us that, you know, Felipe was out for the season. He rolled him out right there. It didn't take didn't take very long for, for that uh, diagnosis. And that the fact that he said it that quickly means that he had just found out because he had been coaching the game. But that means that um, once the doctors took a look at it, they knew right away. Yeah. If it was that quick, you know, that means they knew pretty quickly. They were like, all right, this is going to take some time. Um, and I think that was kind of a that was kind of a feeling amongst the crowd and amongst the media and everyone seeing that it was the way that it went about. You usually don't get carted off the field if if something's not serious. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay, uh, Kyle, do you have any final kind of final overarching thoughts you have on this game? Uh, I I mean, I'll just, I'll really just repeat what I what I said is I think this is just a turning point for Florida. The the biggest takeaways besides you know the the, the biggest one is, is obviously the quarterback um change to trask in which you know led to you know florida having this this incredible season but i think the decision to just you know throw the ball more yeah. this season, and, I, and i think by necessity but also trask clearly was comfortable and and if if franks gets hurt and, and trask comes in and really just you know doesn't doesn't look great i'm sure that, you know, Mullen would have, you know, designed some more run packages and just went with the senior running back and, and, and P Ryan and, and, you know, not ask Trask to do what he asked him to do this year. And, you know, I, I think he threw the ball like, you know, 40 something times against LSU. Like, like you don't, <laughs> you don't ask someone to do that, that you don't trust. And, and he would have right. taken out, but he, he clearly, he, he earned the trust of, of Mullen and, you know, Gators fans after that game. And, um, it, it really just changed everything. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, that said, um, Kyle, go ahead one more time and tell everybody, uh, what you've done this summer and what you're planning on doing in the fall. Uh, yeah, I, again, I, I oh, also just, where uh, we can find you on Twitter. Forgot about that. Yeah. 
uh, important one. Um, again, I'm, I'm back in South Florida from, uh, I had, I had a, uh, internship at the Tampa Bay times, uh, this summer. Great, great experience. Um, back in South Florida for a couple weeks before I head back up to Gainesville and assume the role of editor in chief of the alligator. Again, super excited. I really love the team. And I think that we're, we're, we're going to have a good semester, you know, anticipating it being a little newsy. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at K Kyle Wood. Sounds good, dude. Um, you got to get up to Jacksonville soon, bro. Soon, soon. I'll, I'll be back in Duval, whether whether or not there's a Florida-Georgia game this year. You always got to get up to the dirty Duval, bro. Um, all right, so that said, this has been the sports section of the podcast. This has been the Remember series where we, we look back at old Gator moments, Gator games, and we talk about all sorts of stuff for all sorts of reasons. Um, that said, I'm your host, Graham Marsh. You can find me on Twitter at Graham Marsh UF. We appreciate everybody for listening and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Alligator Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and follow us on Twitter at The Alligator, as well as find all of our latest stories at alligator.org.